0: East Meds West. This podcast explores Eastern and Western philosophies of medicine and life, where they collide or collaborate. Introducing your host, Dr. Carolyn Eddleston.
1: Welcome to episode six of East Meds West. I've called this one Tarzan Jane and the Couch Potato.
0: That is a fantastic title. I'm thinking of the famous film with Johnny Weismuller. Why have you chosen that title? What's this one about?
1: Well, I had two people in mind. I wanted to talk about exercise. I had two people in mind that I wanted as guests and I couldn't work out how to link them and how to bring it all together. And then I had one of my normal two in the morning wake-ups of actually seeing Tarzan and Jane, the old film that you mentioned that I used to love, and seeing this person on their couch looking up thinking, why would I want to do that?
0: OK, Do you know it's funny to talk about that film because I, I can't even remember the last time I saw that on any of the TV channels. And of course, one of the stars of the film was also Cheetah. So it had an animal star as well, didn't it? Yes. Which is a child I absolutely loved and thought was was magical. OK, so a vehicle to get two fantastic guests on, which I'm looking forward to. But how does that and all of this relate to traditional Chinese medicine all those years ago?
1: Well, if you imagine, last episode we talked about yin-yang, and that was all written down and drawn, say, 2,000 years ago. At that time, nobody went to a gym, nobody did a Pilates class, because if you think people were living on the land seasonally, they were doing heavy work, men and women were doing heavy work, what they could manage, you were living on the land... Um, You were living a very, very simple life where you moved all of your body every day. You would go to sleep at sunset, you would get up at sunrise. So nobody needed this sort of formal exercise. The only exercise that were described were Qigong, Tai Chi, meditation, those sort of things. And those were used back then to prevent illness. They were working on the internal world that I keep harping on about. Um, other than that, it was diet, herbal medicine, so herbs that actually treated illnesses, you'd have the medicine person in wherever you were living. If you think now, what's happened is we've become incredibly sedentary, haven't we? A lot of us sit at computers, so we have to create an artificial exercise to match what was going on back then and, and force us to move more functionally in order to stay healthy. And one thing I thought was, actually, at some level, we are mechanical machines. We have moving parts. Every mechanical machine that I know without WD-40, if you don't use it, it seizes up. I don't know a human WD-40. I'd love one. But so if we don't move, we will seize up. So that was really how I've come to this point of inviting these two guests. I'd like to welcome two very, very special guests today, um... I'm hugely biased because I do both of their exercise classes. But I, the reason I've invited them is they are both unusual, I think, in that they run very ethical small businesses. Um, ethical because they're very real, accessible people. They're not people that preach and pretend they've got it all right in life. They're very real, as am I, I hope. Um, they offer very affordable um, exercise Classes, although that's, that's a fairly basic term, but I'll let them, them explain that. They're very safe. They both care deeply about how you exercise and that you don't do it to injure yourself. And they absolutely practice what they preach. So without further ado, my two guests are Jane Thomas, who's a Pilates and movement coach, and Spencer Timpson, who runs a gym called 4040 four rty in Loughborough. Um, So I'm going to start by asking both of you a couple of questions. Jane you're on the hot seat first Um, Mm. and I wondered if you'd talk briefly about the journey that brought you to do what you do.
2: My background is that I've always been sporty, um, keeping fit, Uh, it was my thing and um, I've always done lots of exercise classes in the gym so Um, When I had my son, who is nearly 30 now, I had a major career change. So I trained to be a PT and a group exercise instructor. Ran my own classes and worked for leisure centres and gyms as a freelance teacher. Um, And I've always been interested in movement and how life affects movement. Um, I became very injured, I hurt my knee um, it's all the running I did and all the hockey I played. I think originally, and I had to have knee surgery, and that was a bit of a wake up call for me. Pilates was ever- and after attending some fitness convention conventions uh, and doing Pilates workshops, it was a bit of an epiphany for me. It was had a, a light bulb moment, if you like, in 1999. And Pilates became part of my own self-care, but then I was teaching it as well to other people because I realised that if i got a problem like that, other people would also have problems in the same way. Um, and it just went on from there, really. I uh, began teaching in leisure centres. I began to run my own classes. I worked for various gyms, teaching classes. And uh, and then I taught on an adult education programme and that enabled me to take it out into the broader community and sort of deliver Pilates to a, a bigger community, if you like, other than those people that would classically go to a gym or a leisure centre to exercise. Um, and then in 2000, I opened my own studio and it just built from there and it sort of evolved from there, if you like, to where I am today. So you you said something really interesting there. You said
1: how life affects movement. I've always noticed that you you in you try and individualize your classes, don't you? You always give people different options because you're aware that people are starting from their individual standpoint with their various niggles and their injuries. Is that what you mean by how life affects movement?
2: Yes, I think so. Because um, you know we all sort of. Uh, um, experience different things in our lives, whether we are participate in sport or fitness or whether we just uh, sit at a desk all day. Depending on what we do, depending on how we spend our time, affects our physical movement. Um, and it can be through lack of movement because of the job you do or it can be uh, from overuse. So either... Um, Overtraining, or um, perhaps you know, if you participate in sport, you might get an injury through playing that sport. So, it is how we lead our lives, and it's that really that interests me uh, mostly. And that's why I teach how I teach. Um, you're quite right, I like to uh, do a lot of adaptations, and I realize that there's a need for that because we're not all the same and we don't all lead the same lives. So we're not all experiencing the same movement every day. Obviously, when the pandemic hit, I had to work out a way of still getting our Pilates out to my community, the people that had been coming to our classes. So I took my own classes online um, and started to do lots of virtual sessions for people. Um, And it's evolved through that. But what I found is that a lot of my client group if you like prefer to be online they like the accessibility of it so the pandemic hit us but in in lots of different ways but it changed my my business completely Mm.
1: so i'm going to come back to you jane with some other Mm. questions but spencer um, a similar question, sort of what what brought you to teaching what you do? But also I do have to, we do have to talk because the, I have called this Tarzan Jane in the couch potato. But in fact, you're not Tarzan, but you have another equally probably inappropriate, appropriate nickname if you're prepared to share it with us.
3: Um, yes, I've been given the name Lucifer by some <laughs> of the participants and that's sort of stuck over the years. I think, um, yeah, it's just probably the way that I, I train, not myself, I guess is quite Uh, some might say quite hard, how I train myself. Um, And yeah, I suppose I don't quite know why. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm certainly not shouty-shouty, but I am quite, you know, quite like blank when people look at me as if to say I can't do it. It's like, well, no, you can, you're just choosing not to. And that, I suppose it's stuff like that that has now tongue-in-cheek like come into I do it on purpose I suppose a little bit with people that know me obviously not the new ones necessarily <laughs> I don't think that would go down very well but some of our members have been with us for you know sort of five six years or more they know me very well so yeah they get it a little bit but um yeah so much so they changed my 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 zone heart rate belt to the nickname is now that's what comes up on the screen when <laughs> I when I put that on in the gym so um yeah but yeah like I say I think that's something that I think think it's just my training style, to be fair. Um,
1: Have you always been sporty and fit, or is this a different story for you?
3: No, it's quite different. I mean, I was overweight as a kid, uh, didn't hate it all sport, was rubbish at it, which I always think is quite a bit of a, um, it's like a downward spiral. Once you're not very good at it, you don't want to do it because you're not really good at it. You know, affects your self-esteem, self-confidence quite a lot, and I was very much like that as a kid at school. So um, I suppose when I was sort of early 20s I started to dabble a little bit I bought some home dumbbells and things from Argos and started to play around at home uh bought a boxing bag and then I got to probably 2002 and I was offered to go on a course um um, it was called a level one well circuit training instructor course which nowadays is not worth the paper it's written on sadly Uh, but it was delivered by some really good instructors they were ex-military uh, which, again, I think um, gives you an indication of my training style. the were ex royal Marine PTI. Um, and it was a really thorough course. I mean, so much so that when I took my CYQ Level 2, which is the proper one, if you like, um, I kind of flew through that without any problems. And the instructors were, wow, you've done this before. I'm thinking, well, yeah, my Level 1 was much more in-depth than what mm-hmm. this Level 2 was. So, yeah, I suppose really got a bit interested interest a bit then. I enjoyed circuit training. It was something that you could do by yourself or you could do it with friends. Um, and although you're working in a group, you're doing it at your own ability level. So, and that appealed to me. And yeah, the people I started to follow, not so much on social media. It wasn't really a thing back then. But there was a few people on YouTube and some like newsletters I used to follow. Um, a guy called like, Ross Emmett, uh, Rossboxing.com was a real big influence of mine as well. You know, they were training just in their garages, and and yeah, that just appealed to me. And then it just grew. People seemed to quite like what I, how I trained. And then it just, I guess, it just like evolves out, doesn't it?
1: So I, I think for people who don't know you, so um, you you have a sort of big open warehouse style yeah. gym, don't you? Yeah. With a sort of um, a lot of equipment, actually. Yeah, we I use would say.
3: yeah we use quite a lot of equipment that we cycle through the different types of classes. Some are bodyweight weight only. Uh, some there's tons of equipment out. Mm. I mean, like, we change it to try and keep it a bit more varied and to hopefully help people that are working for different goals. Mm -hmm. So some people want more aerobic training, some people want more strength. So as much as you can't individualise when there's you know thirty forty people, you can certainly give the equipment out that will help them. Um, So yeah.
1: And you so safety's a big thing for me in technique. Mm. I think there's so much damage being done by over exercising, yeah. Hundred percent. Particularly with people on their own in lockdown, nobody's really watching them. (laughs) I mean, one thing I'd say about Jane is on the Zoom, if you want to, she can be live, and she's literally you've got a face in the screen watching you. You can't get away with much, and you're the same.
3: Yeah, we walk Um, up and down, don't we? Yeah, and and like we choose exercises that. I I think I'm not going to go down on any different sorts of people and what they do but there's some group exercise that uses big heavy lifting compound work and to me I think it's just a bit unnecessary Mm -hmm. if you're there for group training stick to stuff that you know people can pick up Mm -hmm. quite easily and that they're not going to hopefully not injure themselves doing that's a big thing so yeah I am quite I suppose I'm quite military quite hard in how I train people once they're going but in the early stages, I'm mean, really about them trying not to hurt themselves because I remember what it was like for myself when I first started getting it's hard into it. So to it is start. difficult, yeah. And, Still and is it's, hard. So it is. It,
1: it's always hard. I think that's the reason people yeah. don't keep doing it. But yeah. I think um, also what you said, something about your self-confidence. When you come into exercise without the experience of, of, of confidence of your physical body. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to walk in the door but actually both hardest of thing you, in the world I think yeah for what we've got to do. Welcome people and I think
3: it's a very intimidating place and that is one of the things that we are currently working on to try and reverse that. People that have already come and actually know us they know it not to be but from the outside looking in
0: yeah. you
3: know looking at the social media and the way that's kind of almost evolved over the last couple of years it's gone in a direction that is probably a bit too hardcore looking at it. And it's not actually like that when you come down. But yeah, so, so it's something which we're trying to correct at the moment is trying to bring people back in and say, look, yes, it's going to feel tough. Yes, you're going to be challenged because that's kind of the nature of what we do. But we're here to help you do that.
1: Both of you have obviously found the thing you love. And I think this is one of the things I wanted to bring up is you can exercise in millions of ways. Yeah. But it's got to be fun, surely.
3: 100%. I mean, I, you I think I'm a massive fan of that saying there's a lot of ways to get to 100, you know, yeah. like 1 plus 99 or yeah. 25 times 4. There's so many different ways to train. And I think you've got to find something that works for you, that pushes you to the point of where it's manageable, but you enjoy that push. Mm. And I think for me, that was circuit training. I think, you know, I'm a big fan of other types of training mm. as well. But for me, I always have been doing it, what, sort of over 20 years now and, this is just something that i enjoy and it keeps me fit
1: one of the things i've noticed about both of you is you keep things uh you change things a lot so neither of your Mm. classes are the same and that really appealed to me because i'm not a very good student i get bored Mm -hmm. and i stop trying would you agree with that jane you've you've been that's been something you talk about a lot
2: yeah i do i think that one of the things i stress is that um actually um, not only will you get bored or not only will your mind get bored but your body gets used to doing things mm. so you're no longer sort of you can do lots of people would choose to do the same exercise all the time because they love it but it's not necessarily what their body needs mm. so in order for them to improve with their body and improve their movement they need to keep finding different ways of moving yeah. and um, and I think you know I uh, I get bored as well. I yeah. would get bored teaching the same thing all the time and, and that will show in my teaching. So it is important, I think, to um, to keep people on their toes with their exercise. That's yeah. what I like to do. Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. Definitely.
1: <laughs> so the, the other thing I've noticed is that you get a lot of people, like you say, who are cyclists or runners or walkers. Mm. And mm. I challenge everybody in that saying that if you just do one sport you love it, you're good at it, you, you're not actually balanced in the way you're exercising because no. something like running, cycling, walking, well, you're first of all it's mainly lower body you're mm. very contracted on a bike you see the Tour de France, they look horrific actually, they're very fit but I'm not convinced they're balanced or healthy so both of you are very keen on actually using the whole body aren't you, that's yeah. important we don't yeah. do that in our daily lives do we? No,
3: humans are built to be no. able to do lots of different movement patterns and I yeah. think there's a lot of stuff that's taught that's easy. Things like cross trainers and things in the gym have their purpose, but they don't, you know, all you do is you get better at using a cross trainer. Yeah. Heart and lung mm. function fantastic. It's really useful for that, but you need other things to go alongside that as well. And I think, yeah. and like I say, that's where you come back to that. There's so many different ways to train. And I do think you should explore lots of different ways to train. Mm. So you shouldn't just do yeah. one thing for the rest of your life.
2: I totally agree. I, I know that when I was doing a lot of running, um you know I was I loved running running was my passion and I was doing a lot of running and whilst a lot of people would say oh you must be so fit you do all of that running Jane but actually um emotionally I wasn't very well you know my running was a bit of an escape from other things really mm. and and I think uh, we do become sort of closed into what we think is fitness mm. and what we think is our our health and And Pilates I teach from a functional point of view. So I teach it on the basis that you are going to be doing other things with your body and you are going to be a cyclist or you are going to go off and run. Mm. But actually, the Pilates allows you to to work the whole body in a different way to make it your running more functional so that you're you're improving what you're doing. Um, You get better results as, as as a result of doing Pilates. So I do think it's very important that you use the whole body at some point.
1: And you mentioned as well this link to the mind. You both talk about mental health and Mm. exercise, actually. And I know Mm. for all of us, um, certainly for me, it's been interesting. So I'm five weeks post-COVID and I I can walk for 10 minutes. Now, I was the fittest I've been for a long time just before it hit me. So I'm sort of starting again and realising that um, my mental health has missed the physicality and I rely on that physicality. But also it's done me good to stop, to almost have a blank sheet and go, right, how do I start again? So one thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, you almost need the doctor to give you a prescription for exercise, don't you? Like a prescription for mental health. Mm. If you were starting again, what its individual what would you say to people but perhaps spencer first what would you
3: say yeah i'm a huge fan of like recovery in training because uh, yeah i don't know what your listeners actually understand about the body but it's not the training that actually makes you fitter and stronger it's the recovery process it's the neurons getting better at the triggering it's the muscles increasing in their quality and it's when you're coming back into training or just starting you don't go at everybody else's pace Mm. you go at your pace and if that then needs two or three days or four days to recover you let the body recover and you come again so starting again or starting from fresh we actually guide our new people to come maybe only to two classes a week Mm. and we would probably get them just to do the ones that we would think of as being probably a bit more gentle into it Mm. and We're starting to use heart rate belts now with the new system that we're going to give out on loan when you first come.
1: Yes, so you do quite a lot of monitoring for yourself as well, don't you?
3: Hugely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy that. I I mean, I kind of like the... Yeah, I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm a data person at all, but I do like the feedback that I get from it. And it also allows me to plan my sessions. So, And I listen to it in terms of like my recovery process. So had I been short on sleep or if I've been stressed with other parts of work, it picks it up and it alters your recovery based on it. And I think this is the sort of tech that's becoming a bit more affordable it's still expensive but yeah, I work with a company called Sort of First Beat which are wearable ECGs that you wear for two or three days and it looks at all the part of your life recovery and stress and it's one of the things we push to new people is if you've got access to a heart rate monitor just use it you know use it as like an 80 percent of your maximum and just stop doesn't matter what everybody else is doing and like we talk about that at the beginning of the class you know pace yourself Mm. slow yourself down don't copy what everybody else is doing easier said than done Mm. i think especially when people are in there they tend to look at other people and think oh well they look about the same as me i'll partner with them Mm. that person might have been training for six years Mm. you know you've got no idea what level you're at so I think the big thing is you've got to listen to your body Mm. and not many people do. And this is probably one of the reasons why they don't get the results that they want and also why they suffer from injuries and burnout. And yeah, I imagine Mm. that uh, you, Jane, you must see that a lot from people overtraining and then trying to come in and do something to try and do something about it. But had they listened to their body in the first place and incorporated stuff like Pilates or yoga or Mm. other types of sort of complementary to their... Mm. harder kind of training they would have been better at it anyway Mm. you know it's a big yeah I think it's a big open question but I would say just try and think about how you feel Listen to your body. Take plenty yeah. of time to recover, mm. and then gradually build it back up again. It will come back.
1: And if you don't, you are going to go into more chronic illness and long mm. COVID. 100%, you percent. Know, it's, it's when yeah. you push over those limits.
3: And I think that that's the same whether you've had COVID or whether or not. I mean, you know, actually, we see people training five, six times a week, and their goals are not being reached because their body's constantly in breakdown. It's, it's constantly recover. in stress. Mm. And I think people, you know, social media can be a great tool, but it's also. A source of quite a lot of misinformation as well mm. and I just think people look at others and think oh that's what I can do mm. I mean yeah you know, I spoke to people like Adam Peaty and some of the Team GB swimmers and they're at an incredibly high high level of training and they wouldn't train how our guys train yes. you know they're much more sensible with their training there's recovery sessions planned in mm. and yet they only see the bits that make it to social yeah. media yeah. and the recovery is yeah. not very instagramable is it mm. no I don't no. think
1: no, and if you, I think the other thing we forget is our levels of chronic stress are high anyway without mm-hmm. exercise. Yeah. So exercise yes. shouldn't be adding more stress.
3: No, I mean, exercise is only good if it fits in with your body's ability to then recover mm-hmm. from it. And this is what I mean. So starting yeah. off at a very low level and allowing your body to recover and get. You know get that little bit stronger and then come back at it again and i think however you monitor that whether it's like a one to ten scale in your head or if you've using a my belt or any other kind of heart rate data whatever it is listen to it and use it as a okay yeah that's where i need to be stopping
1: and if you don't feel better for doing it it's not the right thing no, it's so if not. you're taking two yeah, days to recover is. from an exercise class it's not mm. right for you is it I know Jane that you you have a lot of you've been doing some interesting classes around um mindfulness around stress. Yeah. Yeah. So you've obviously I... seen something happen with your clients or stories that you've been getting, have you?
2: Yes, I do. I mean, it, it, what spence was saying about people monitoring becoming more mindful of how they feel and and putting rest days into their training i think if you're working with elite athletes they are they have a program where they exercise they have rest days programmed into their week because they need to have that recovery in order for them to exercise again and i think even though the most of the people I work with are not elite athletes, we still have to have those rest days. Mm. But I think it's a mindset uh, issue with a lot of people in that they feel that <clears throat> they lose patience with themselves. So I've had quite a few people through lockdown who have lost motivation to exercise because they haven't had a physical place to go to, to exercise. But I think <clears throat> it's about creating a um a a positive mindset for them in order to realize that some days they do have to accept that they can't do as much as other days and we're all different every day we feel different Mm. so you know some days we will feel like we can do more than other days um you've done it sort of uh, it's accepting it i think is one of the big problems
1: yes and and being Mm -hmm. honest with yourself about how you feel yes um, that's yeah something that's important isn't it being honest on yes, those bad days and I you you offer an interesting thing you you've even got some 10 minute I mean they've they've kept me going in the last few weeks just uh, yeah. I haven't been able to do all the 10 minutes but just actually almost turn up is what you said as mm-hmm. well Spencer mm-hmm. turn up and, and be brave
2: and go through the yes. door or
1: put on and do 10 minutes or do that's do it. something and commit to
2: turning up um yes it's, it's
1: the biggest thing isn't it
2: Yeah, it is. I often say that, you know, put your mat out, just put your mat out and have your mat and lay down on your mat for five minutes. Mm. If you know, if you're not up to doing a program or you're not up to doing a a full exercise program, put your mat out and lay down for five minutes and breathe because that alone makes you feel like you have done something and you've achieved something for that day. Mm and 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 it isn't um a full exercise program, and it's not moving your body, but actually it can be a lot of things to a lot of people that they've actually made that step. It's also
1: exercises the the one thing that's for you actually.
3: Mm, it should be unfortunately i don't think it already is is, no no i think that's probably one of the biggest especially with younger people coming into it now that are sort of completely absorbed in things like instagram and tiktok and social media Mm. it has changed i mean it's always been the same in gyms anyway to a degree i think i mean i'm thinking back 20 years it was still bicep day or it was still you know it's it's always there it's part of why it's part of why like a lot of people get into exercise but I think even more so now they're bombarded with images on a constant like basis. Whereas before I think it was mm-hmm. more you picked up a magazine or you went mm-hmm. into a gym to see it. Whereas now it's you know, every time you pick your phone up. Or, and I do think that's why they're then training for other people. And that's why there's so much right. selfies. And it's one of the reasons why we're very conscious when we do our social media now that we're stepping back from Actually, that kind of image. It's why mm. we don't post as much, or if we do, it's just very much like so little snippets that the instructor's taken mm. during the class. It's not edited. It's not, you know, we're not trying to make it for anybody except for you. And I do say that, you know, train for you. It doesn't mm. matter what you do. As mm. long as you enjoy it, as long as you feel as though it's good for your body and for your mind, then do it. I, I think there's so many ways, like you said, there's so many ways that you can exercise and then there's so many reasons to exercise. Mm. I don't think I could honestly boil it down to one or two. I, there's probably loads that no. I do it for. It's, it's a bit of aesthetics, it's a bit of clearing my head. On different days, it'll probably be for a different purpose. Mm. So, But yeah, I do think if you've got a multiple, like different ways of wanting to train or reasons to train, I think it makes you do it.
1: So there are two different threads here. One is you can actually use it as a sort of... A bit like cosmetic surgery. I do it. I'm doing it purely because I want to look this way.
3: And you know what? I don't. I don't go against anybody for mm-hmm. that. At the end of the day. I mean, I cannot honestly stand there and say that that's not part of the reason why I train. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. 49 this year, and I want to still and you be look fit. You're 21, and don't you? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we you know, all came in this room. I know. You think we were in like some sort of like yeah, we would <laughs> like space time travel <laughs> thing. But but I look back and honestly, I can say that you know it does change the way you feel about yourself i'm coming from a background where i was very self-conscious as a kid you know hated going swimming hated getting changed in front of other people and i'm still not that confident and i don't know if we're going to come on to this sort of side to it but you know i'll go swimming with the kids and sometimes i'll still sit there and think oh god you know i'm not comfortable with doing this and, and then yeah. yeah my girlfriend will tell me and go You've got a six pack. You're nearly 50, for God's sake. What else do you want to achieve?
1: One of the reasons I've brought you both together is you do—you both provide very different forms of exercise. Mm-hmm. And I mm. do both. And for me, it feels the most balanced combination I've probably ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there some way do you think in the future of there being more integration and not sort of one versus the other? Not, I mean, there's a huge overlap between what you two do, but you can you can sense from hearing each other that they're different worlds in oh, a way. Oh, very
3: much different, mm-hmm. I and different clients. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, it, are yeah and, it, and it would attract different people, n- normally different people to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely.
1: Yeah,
3: and I don't yeah, think that's I a think good. So. I, yeah, and I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. I think it should be more. You know, I've worked in leisure for what sort of twenty years now, and. Y- y- yeah, you know, I used to watch the people going into the classes. You know, at things like Loughborough and that. You, think that like, you could tell what class was on almost I by the people going. that was going mm-hmm. upstairs. And mm-hmm. you kind of sit and think it shouldn't necessarily be like that. And I don't necessarily. I mean, I'll be honest. The reason why we've never done anything like Pilates or yoga at our place is I'm sure you'll testify we have a temperature issue it's there freezing. massively. So like, <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, we joke. Yeah, you know, we joke. Like the aircon's on all winter and then we switch it off in the yeah, summer. It's, it's like we don't free, have yeah. the ability to be able to. Yeah, you could come in and it's minus three outside. Mm-hmm. It's probably only zero inside yeah. there. You're not going to be sitting on a floor and no. doing slow no. yeah, slow no. movement. So it's something that we have looked at and it's something that we've thought about doing as we get into the spring and summer this year. But it's something mm-hmm. that, yeah, again, we've done it before and our members just don't... I don't think it. It,
1: you need to do it all I think what no. I'm saying to people no, is be aware of, of what's out there and yeah. find mm. your way and yeah. it might not be it might mm. be a combination of and particularly
3: like, now there's so much stuff online as well like yes. you said Jane it's yeah. like you move it online that's accessible for everybody yeah. it's like you can do it yeah. I think I mean um, do you do like pre-recorded sessions so people yes. can do it whenever as well yeah.
2: Jane's are available anytime yeah. and live aren't they Jane? I have a live timetable so there's a live, live timetable like you'd have a timetable of classes in yeah. a gym or a, or a, or a leisure centre but then all the classes are recorded so if you become a member of the of the JTP zone which is what I call it then you have access to all the recorded classes so if you can't make the live sessions you can always pick them up at at a better time for yourself and I think that's really important but what 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 becomes very funny then is that some people who attend my live sessions because I do coach them like I'm in the room with them is that I will might call out a name on the live session and then they'll go and do the recording session (laughs) they'll do the recorded version of it and they hear me call their name out and they sort of think Hang on a minute. Can she is she watching me? And it's a bit like that. So they have access to both really, and I think that's important because one of my big things is accessibility to Mm. to the sessions. Mm. And uh, and I know that's really important. It's probably important um, for you as well, Spencer. Which is why you have your gym open. You know. Yeah, we've added added an extra two
3: time slots now, and the goal is to keep adding more time slots as and when we can. So we're doing six classes a day now. Um yeah, I yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's a case of you can be but then I think it's catch twenty-two because there is so much information out there mm, and it is yeah. there's almost too much. I mean I was joking, we were looking at Sky, yeah. we had Sky TV, which is a bit off a bit off topic, and like we only had that and I've not had that for years. And you open it up and it's like you can spend a night just looking through just the different channels through. to find something <laughs> yeah. to watch. And I think that's yeah. almost the issue potentially with what's now. It's, mm. you know, people are looking at so many different things from different areas, mm. but they're not actually putting their toe in the water to mm. test anything. Mm. They're just kind of having a little play coming back. So, I mean, I think that we did our classes online as well during lockdown. Um, some people did them, some people didn't. Some people did them pre-recorded. Um, so um, somebody actually did like the recorded ones rather than the live. But... I think people for what we do is a bit different. People like the fact that it's big group training. And I think that's half of the reason why they like to come to those sessions. Mm. And I think that's very mm. different with our type of like sort of circuit training. Yes, you can do it by yourself. But a lot of the people that come to us come because there's a big group of people, mm. admittedly yeah. not doing the same exercise at the same time. But, but they're all in advantage,
1: that. Because you can be invisible if you want uh, to. Yeah, exactly.
3: Groups. Yeah, that's exactly why yeah. I like so it. I don't <clears>
1: want <throat> to stand out no. and, and be watched. I like to just go and do my thing and leave. Um, I know for a lot of people it's a community as well and I like Mm -hmm. the feeling of people around me because it's motivating and the energy's up in the room, the music's loud, the lights are low, which I also like. (laughs) Yeah,
3: we'll try and do that. Um, (laughs) Again, that goes back to the age thing. It makes me look a bit younger. The body (laughs) looks younger, the thing that face gives it away. That's the problem.
1: Um, There's just one final thing I'd like to say. We could chat for hours, couldn't we? There's so much to discuss. I wanted to ask each of you, I'll start with you, Jane. What mark would you like to leave on this earth with your work? Big question. Oh, that big. is a big
2: question. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad um, you're going
3: first, Joan. I can sit and <laughs> think about that now.
2: Yeah, th- thanks for that, Carolyn. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think really my purpose has always been to help people to move and feel confident to move uh, for themselves and be able to do what they do every day and continue to do it and live um, a full active life.
3: Yeah, I would say that active life is probably the biggest thing. It's like, you know, you can... Yeah, I just think there's so many people that are not living their life because they're Mm -hmm. not physically able to, and they don't necessarily know that at the time, but they'll steer away from things because they're not, comfortable enough with their own body either how it looks or what it can actually do and I think that's quite sad and Mm. I think that's one of the things that you can't just cure it by doing one thing but I think if we can keep people active and training and it's again it's why I like circuit training because it's adaptable Mm. but it does test you and it will keep pushing you so I suppose like for me it's I want my kids to grow up and look at me and think he's all round fit, he's not showing off to be fit he's not trying to win races It's but you know, if we go into a soft play, for example, which... You've got to keep up with Oh, my good great, great grief, yeah. I <laughs> mean, like, I've mean, i got, like, a little girl, yeah. like, she's two... Like, the boys are older now, so, like, they're kind of over that... Well, almost over the soft play bit. Yeah. But, like, the little two-year-old, and she's like a rat, mm-hmm. just running around in there, and you think, you yeah, know, half an hour in there for a lot of, But then you watch, and I do, and I'm... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I suppose I'm watching the parents that aren't in there because yes. they can't. Yes. Yeah, they physically right, can't yes. do it. And, and you sit and think... Nice. Yeah. Yeah, i'm probably knocking on 10 15 years more yeah. than you and i want them to see so so yeah i suppose i want like the kids to look and think you don't have to be showing off you don't have to be mm-hmm. you know doing something but being physically active and pushing yourself you yeah, at a safe level but pushing yourself so that you kind of keep improving or that you maintain your fitness is important and it is important because i want to be older and, and still able it. to do something yeah. i want to be able yeah. to go out and enjoy you know a, I can't ever see me retire and I do joke about that but I don't quite know how that's going to go but I mean in terms of like in my older years I you know I used to go like going up into the mountains and that sort of stuff and I think people miss out on so much I agree so yeah Yeah,
2: I agree and even when you become a grandma like me because I'm a grandma now and I I sort of you know yesterday I had my my granddaughter all day she's nearly two so I'm running around with her a lot. I'm yeah. crawling on the floor with her a lot. And I love doing those yeah. things. And I want her to see that happening.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I've got two teenage boys... And I'm 54, and my 17-year-old still goes out for a cycle ride with me. He leaves me for dust mm-hmm. up the hills, but hes I'm so proud. <laughs>
3: bring him to a session. We'll, I um, want to. I want see to see if ask you how yeah, no, old. I asked him. No, 16. No, no, 16 is fine. Oh, cool, he be there. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you need to And we've to got kid
3: sessions now on a Saturday morning No, he's too that. old for that. but he he, for those. He'll, he'll
1: come. Brilliant. Yeah, so I'm uh, similar. I want to ask you one little thing. What's the oldest client in your communities? Uh,
2: I have someone who is 81. Fantastic. I know, probably don't have that age.
3: I'd imagine I was... 60s? Mid to late 60s, Brilliant. I think. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, all the way through to, like I say, we have kids' sessions now on a Saturday morning. So Great. so literally from 6 to 6... I think she's 66. So yeah, 6 to 66. So, Brilliant. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. So we're all advocating that we're going to mm. be ancient yeah. little biddies, but still moving.
3: I'll still be throwing burpees Absolutely. out when I'm 80. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm obsessed. <laughs>
1: That's brilliant. Thank you very, very much, well, both of you. Well, thank you very much for asking Pleasure. us to come brilliant. on. Thank Good you. Good chat. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to East Meds West. Subscribe to be notified about future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Submit comments and questions via Twitter at Cycles of Change or email chat at drcarolynedalston.com.